0: Welcome to the Her God Speaks podcast special Tuesday feature called Hermeneutics Tuesdays. Yes, that's Tuesdays with an H, where we are seeking to become better interpreters of the Bible, one 10 minute episode at a time. I'm your host, April Spears. Let's learn stuff together. All right, you guys, it's time to start working through John Walton's new book, Wisdom for Faithful Reading, Principles and Practices for Old Testament Interpretation. I am super excited about this one. Now, I want to make sure... Everybody understands this is not a book club, so please don't feel any pressure to read the book along with me. I'm going to work under the assumption that no one listening to this has read the book. It's simply going to serve as the main source of content for the next few months of these Hermeneutic Tuesday segments. Now, today I want to focus on a small section at the beginning of the book, starting on page four, where Dr. Walton makes a really important distinction between a faithful interpretation and the right interpretation. After stating that faithful interpretation is the essential quest for anyone who takes the Bible seriously, he writes this, note that I frame this quest by the word faithful, not by the word right. People who take the Bible seriously have perhaps spent too much time and energy trying to insist that their interpretation is right, and the interpretations of others is wrong. This is not to say that interpretations cannot be right or wrong. Nevertheless, in the cases of the most controversial issues, quote-unquote right is precisely what is under discussion. Everyone cannot be right, but we should recognize what commends one interpretation over another. That is why I have framed this as faithful interpretation. Our methodology should be faithful, even though sometimes we might arrive at different answers. End quote. Well, let's process through this with an example. We're all painfully aware of the radically different conclusions that Christians draw from what the Bible says about what women can and cannot do in the church. And it's not as though Christians with a low view of biblical authority hold one view and Christians with a high view of biblical authority hold another. It's never that simple. There's always more at play. Interpretation is the result of gathering evidence and assessing that evidence, then applying it to a base of presuppositions one holds. Now, we like to think that the gathering and assessing of evidence is a straightforward objective process, but it is not. Historical and cultural reconstruction in particular is highly subjective, and some refuse to factor it in at all. This, by the way, is the biggest reason for differing views on women in pastoral leadership. Complementarians in general don't give much weight or priority to historical cultural context, whereas egalitarians do. In other words, two people with a high view of biblical authority seeking an answer to the exact same question might gather different evidence and prioritize that evidence in different ways. Hence, different conclusions. But wait, there's more. Once we've gathered and assessed the evidence, we don't jump straight to a final interpretation. Whether we're conscious of it or not, usually we're not, we always filter the evidence we've gathered through our personal presuppositions. These presuppositions are formed by all sorts of things. Our geographical and social location, faith tradition, theological preferences, life experiences, ethnicity, culture, political loyalties, traumas, the list could go on and on. Now, for most of my life, I thought that women who filled pastoral roles were living in blatant sin. While at the time I would have claimed that my view was 100% derived from an unbiased exposition of Scripture, the truth is... I believed that because my conservative Southern Baptist faith tradition conditioned me to believe that. And it certainly was not hard to fit verses like 1 Timothy 2.12 into that mold and then proudly declare my rightness. What we all need to admit is that there is a mold. We never come to the Bible as a blank slate. There's no such thing as an unbiased interpreter. Here's Walton again it is logical to conclude that the interpretation with the strongest evidence carries the highest probability. But for another reader who has different presuppositions or who prioritizes the evidence differently or who is not persuaded that one piece of evidence is legitimate, a different interpretation will take pride of place and be considered as having the strongest evidence. End quote. In other words, two people can be looking at the exact same set of data points and land on opposite sides of the spectrum. It's pretty wild if you think about it. The variables I've just identified, both in regard to analyzing the evidence and then filtering that evidence through our personal presuppositions, make any claim of having the right interpretation highly suspect. This is why Walton suggests we use the adjective faithful instead of right when we describe the goal of our quest. He writes this Using the adjective faithful instead of right humbly recognizes that we all fall into pitfalls of blind presuppositions and overlooked evidence. We can only seek to be as faithful as possible. No interpreter is infallible. Maybe sometimes we will even be right, but that is not our claim to make, end quote. Interpretations can be proved false, but given the fact that we cannot interact with the original authors of scripture and ask them exactly what meaning they intended to convey, interpretations cannot definitively be proved true. The best we can say is that given the evidence this or that interpretation has the highest degree of probability. After several years of reassessing the evidence and finally factoring in the historical and cultural context of the Bible, I've landed in a very different place regarding women in ministry. What I hope to avoid this time around is the arrogance of assuming my interpretation is the right Interpretation and that those who think differently than me are wrong. Now, I sincerely believe the way I see things today is a more faithful interpretation of the evidence than the way I saw things 10 years ago. But I do not and will not claim to be right. There's simply way too many variables in the interpretive process for that. And if I ever get in front of this microphone on top of some kind of hermeneutical high horse and I start to claim that I have the right interpretation, I hope that you guys will call me on it. Please do. (laughs) Please do. All right. So next week we are going to take a look at three essential commitments that can help us proceed with some modicum of confidence in our pursuit of a faithful interpretation. If you have the book, you'll find these on pages six through eight. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want a transcript of this episode, or if you want to financially support this ministry, head on over to substack, .substack aprilsweers.substack.com. My name does have an E at the end. You can subscribe for free, or you can pay $5 a month, become a paid subscriber, and get some really fun, exclusive content. Well, I hope you have an awesome week and I'll see you back here next Tuesday. Bye friends.